Hello and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. There's all kinds of family, we chose this one. This is episode 117, Total Recall from 1990. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe Too. And this episode is brought to you by Dreamleaf, Lucid Dreams. The power of herbs. You're probably used to thinking that lucid dreaming takes months or even years to become accomplished at. But what if they told you that you could have high-level lucid dreams within just a couple of weeks, even a couple of nights? LucidDreamLeaf.com Well, shout out Lucid Dreamleaf and welcome to the the wrap-up, essentially, of Paul Verhoeven Week. I feel like I make this like big thing like we're kicking it off and we're wrapping up. It's just two things. It's like one's the beginning and one's the end. But yeah. yeah, But, you know, we are here to talk about Total Recall after the break. But first, Joe, extracurricular activities. What have you been up to since Sunday? You know what I wanted to tell you guys about? I had something that I wanted to tell you about. Are you talking to me or are you talking to them? I'm talking I'm talking to everyone. This is a communal you. Oh boy. I think that you know this already, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna pitch it here. Last night, Rachel made my favorite Rice Krispie treat recipe. Do you know about these? Have you eaten these Rice Krispie treats before? You made them. So the first time you met okay. Larson was at my going away party to Austin. And I think you brought these and they were amazing. And then Larson was like, why haven't we been hanging out with this person forever? And I was like, oh, because he lives two and a half hours away. But I think okay. I think I've had them at least once then, but I don't know beyond that. But please go on. This is my secret to the best Rice Krispie treat recipe ever. One time I was eating a weed edible, it was a Rice Krispie treat. And the Rice Krispie treat was excellent, and I kept eating it, but I was getting too high from even one Rice Krispie treat because, you know, they make weed edibles too strong. So I was like, I love this so much that I need to make this without any weed things in it. What the deal is, is you take, here you go, four cups of regular Rice Krispies, one cup of Captain Crunch, and one cup of Fruity Pebbles. Mix those together, do a normal Rice Krispie treats thing, a six cup recipe, but do like that combo, excellent. And they're so good. I'm not giving away all of Rachel's secrets, but that's the main recipe. I can feel the glare through the recording software. Well, no, she was giving you guys the bonus secret, which I'm not telling oh, you. Oh, so she's on the side. I thought she was trying to say, like, don't spill all the beans, but no. she's saying, let's go for it. She was giving you all the deets. I'm not giving everybody all the deets. I'm just telling you that's what you need to know for the okay. big basis, okay. and that's it, with the, without the secrets. Okay. Just saying. Did you make those? You're eating those? Or what, how does this factor in? Like, what, what did you, did, you, did we Rachel made make those these? and ate those. Okay. Rachel made those and I ate them. They're good. Um, that's what I've been doing. I mean, like, nothing else. Nothing since Sunday. So three nothing days, crazy. all you've done is eat Rice Krispie Treats. No, 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 no. We, I mean, we made them last night, but that was, like, the highlight of what I've been doing in the past three days in my head. A new show debuted last night. Not a new show. A new season of a show that we watch, which I don't think we can go into. We, we, there's no reason to go into detail about it, but oh, we're both Hard watching Knocks? Hard Knocks. Yeah, true. NFL show on HBO, which, if you don't don't know what it is every off season they highlight a team this year they're doing two teams both los angeles teams as they go through mini camp summer games whatever getting ready for the nfl season so you know the stars you know the coaches and then the, a lot of the show is really about the rookies you develop bonds with these guys most of whom get cut just because of the way the nfl works yeah this weird this year it's different though because of covid so the entire focus is on health and safety, justice and change, and Black Lives Matter. I think it's very smart, because I feel like last year, especially when they did the Raiders, because the Raiders are like, we'll let you do it, but like we have final say. This is like, we have two teams, while there's no games, there's enough action, I think, between the two teams, and enough like, oh, this is weird, that it's a narrative that I think is... 
I was already, I'm already having more like I think I enjoyed more in the first episode of this season than I did in all of last year. Well, they have more content, right? We're following two teams. So That's what I'm saying. Like there's there's there, because there's no games, they kind of built I don't know if they did it because of that, but like they have the two different teams. There's a lot more like there's there's less that they're going to cover, but there's more film coverage. Yeah, so it's it's interesting. I I love Hard Knocks. Even if you're not a fo- like Rachel doesn't care about these teams, right? Oh yeah. But she was excited for mm-hmm. Hard Knocks because it's just like it's an interesting look behind the scenes of like how an organization functions like this, right? Like I think it's interesting just to see how a professional like a professional sports team functions. I mean, like it's the focus is not the like the upper management and stuff like that, but you see a lot of these things like last night because we're watching it and COVID's happening. It's like how are we going to set up the tables to have meetings yep. and stuff like yeah. this and that's very interesting to me. And what I love about the show is that so much of the NFL is like carefully packaged. This still is, but it feels different for this reason. But so much of the NFL is carefully packaged like we can't oh, yeah. let you see behind the curtain. Like this is America's game and don't worry about the concussions. Like look over here, look at the exactly. shiny glitz and glamour. But this is the like quote unquote uncensored raw version which is not that because they edit it but they allow swearing and they allow other stuff seeing the NFL and seeing these guys who very clearly swear all the time like but actually yeah. swearing without being bleeped out like we were talking about this tight end who like may never play a down in the NFL who knows no, but he gets knows? cut like we because they're not playing so they're just doing like walkthroughs or whatever and he gets cut and he goes that's fucking bullshit man and to the like, head coach to the head coach and then to the GM and I'm just like I messaged you because you watched it last night I watched it this morning and I was just like, who does this guy think he is? And then the weird thing is that they're both like, wow, I like his fire. It's like, like wait, what? Yeah, he has some he has some grit to him. I like his enthusiasm. And we were like, I thought this kid was done. I thought that he was gone from the NFL yeah. forever. I Because I hate that you have all these interviews all the time. And they're so like, you know, we're thinking of next week. And like, we're planning for that. We play as a team. Like, all the bullshit cliches that they all say. And in this... They're on camera, but eventually you feel like you forget that you're on camera. So they start talking. You get more raw expressions of what they feel and what they're thinking. So it's usually five episodes. They usually do like one every Tuesday leading up to the season. I would imagine that's still the case. I don't know for sure because there's no there's no games. Like there's no mile markers anymore. So it's just like progress through the summer. There's no preseason either. You're right. Yeah. I don't know how it's gonna go, but yeah, Tuesdays on HBO or HBO Max. That that at the same time, like you can watch it. So yeah, I highly recommend that. Even like Joe said you know friend of the show patron of the show Melissa Lynham likes sports doesn't love sports but she loves hard knocks and she still says uh you know two years ago they did the Browns we were just talking about this this week Jarvis Landry just bless him every time right bless him and so she still says bless him so yeah I mean like this like the knock on wood if you're with me yeah knock on oh boy right boy yeah knock on wood on that note I'm glad you brought that up things that I've been watching you know what else I started watching that's something that you and I both love that I forgot was on what's that corporate oh yeah it's back. Yeah, I know. It's back. I only watched the first episode, but I think corporate, you're 100% right. I think it's probably the best, funniest comedy out, comedy sitcom out right now, and I really love it. So um, we watched the first episode of this season last night, and I really enjoyed it as usual. We blew through the first season of The Umbrella Academy. We're ready to start season two. So. Cool. Yeah, corporate's on Comedy Central. It's a workplace comedy. It's a very dark kind of depressing at times. I think there's four episodes this season. I think tonight's episode four. Episode two is all about suicide of season three. Like to the point where like they even preface it by saying we talk about suicide a lot. If you need to talk about it with someone like we did, here are numbers to call. Like it gets really dark and heavy. It's always comedy though. At the bottom of it. Well, yeah, yeah, this is, this is, but it's also like, this was like, this is like a different tone. It's kind of like office space in saying that like corporate life 
is terrible. But like Office Space kind of yes. took like a, hey, just you know, make lemonade out of lemons, baby. This is like, oh no, we're all going to die. And like, it's not just the suicide thing. <laughs> Every it's just time. like nothing we do matters. This is all pointless. Nothing. We never get credit for but anything. It's great. Uh, it's hilarious. That. No, it's great. I told you, yeah. like, I told you about it. I think, right? Because I mean, yeah, I was watching it from the beginning. You did. Yeah. You told me about it. I think maybe in season one, and then I turned a bunch of friends on it. We really, really enjoy it. It's definitely dark. It gets weird at some points, but it, the the overall premise, if you watch it from, like, at a level that you're not related... Because I feel like this is a show that you maybe can't relate to the characters. Well, no, but you can relate to the situation. Like, they, like the characters are kind of just, like, they're just... They exist in this space to, like, make fun of corporate whatever, right? Yeah, they've had, like, the emails that, like, everybody re- replies all, and they get angry about that, right? Like, they talk about like, the, all kinds of... It, like, there's the work crush, like, the one who's there, just, like... The, the person you see every day, you, like, you just fall in love with them, even though, like, they're kind of gross and you don't know anything about them, but, like, yep. you just look at them all day, every day. <laughs> so this is season three. This is the final season. They renewed it for one more season at the end of last year. So you could catch up in, if you really go hard, probably a night or, you know, a weekend or whatever. But yeah. It's so easy to watch a bunch of. Yeah. And the guy from The Wire's in it. Who? What's his name? Lance Reddick. Yeah, Lance Reddick. He's also the uh, Hotel Bellman in the John Wick series, if people know him from that. I highly recommend it. If you guys aren't watching Corporate, you should probably start watching it because it's a lot of fun for me. Like the two main dudes I didn't really know from anything, their female friend, a part they of They love Rachel, Aparna by the way. Every time Rachel tweets at them, like, they respond to her. They're, like, always like, oh, yeah, tell Joe he has good taste in... Because she's like, Joe's all excited corporate's back and they're like okay tell them we said hi or whatever since we last recorded the episode i was on a high school slumber party came out uh, about the babysitter and in cool news they just announced like so this movie came out a couple years ago this is samara weaving like a kind of a horror campy horror netflix babysitting movie in the imdb trivia it's like they're the entire cast agreed to do a sequel and like not really spoilers i'm not gonna say what happens but like it's a horror movie a lot of people die right and so we're like how can the whole cast agree to come back if like most of them die but literally today as we record this there is news that they are making a babysitter too that they've made a babysitter too and it comes on on netflix in a month it's coming out on september 10th you guys nailed the timing on that i was like brian rearrange your september because we're doing this movie because it's a movie that I'm going to watch because I love Samantha Weaving I love the first one but yeah. yeah yeah dude you guys nailed it we, tr- we we I mean behind the curtain we try to like line up stuff to come out with new movies if, if, if we can right so like for you guys to hit this so hard it was that's awesome all Good luck so yeah so listen to our first episode watch the movie it's like 85 minutes it's a lot of fun listen to our episode oh, cool. it's a lot of fun and then I guess get ready for in a month Joe, we have a Patreon page on the show, Too Fast, TooForever.com. Shout out to Cassie Wilson, Jake Freer, Ben Milliman, Nick Burris, Alex Ellen, and Justin Kleinman, Brian Rodriguez of High School Summer Party, Haley Gerbys, Wes Hampton, Christian Larson, and Jerry Robinson for supporting us the $5 level or above. Thank you all so, so very much. By the way, we didn't talk about it yet, but can we talk about what Ben did yesterday that I sent you a picture of? So Ben is getting a tattoo of his... He blew my mind, Is he getting a tattoo of his daughter's name, right? Or is, yes, or that we it, know about. It's yeah, not yeah, Lenny's yeah. name. It's his daughter, right? Yeah. And so he... Was it Layla? Lila? Lila. He mapped out on his arm where he's going to get, like, it's this beautiful, like, script. I think there's, like, flowers and everything. I honestly didn't look at the tattoo so closely because he's like, and just for fun on my other arm, and he took our Too Fast Too Forever logo and yes! like made a temporary tattoo like an outline of that and i'm like mind blown wait what he's not getting it but i think it's really funny especially now yes. as we're dunking we're collectively dunking on you for like not wanting I a know. tattoo and now we have a listener 
who's, again, temporary, but, like, more of a tattoo than we even have. It was awesome. It blew my mind. I was so shocked and and just heartwarmed by it. I just wanted to give Ben a huge shout-out for that because it really made my night last night. I showed Rachel. We were just, like, in shock. We were like, this is really cool. Even as a temporary tattoo, it was awesome, and I appreciate all the love. So thank you, Ben. Yeah, he tagged us on it. He put it on Instagram, too, and he tagged us in that, and so I liked it over there. But, yeah, Lila, awesome. it's, it's her name, and there's, like, flowers, and it's kind of, like, on a vine. And then there's a two vest you forever one. <laughs> I know. It's, just, it's crazy. <laughs> it's awesome. It looked good too, man. I was cracking up. And then like today, you know, Justin saw it and Jason saw it, and everybody, like all of us were like, "Whoa!" Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. all at the same time. Oh boy. We've also got an email address here on the show: family at cageclub.me. And Joe, we have one email tonight from Mr. Wes Hampton. Subject line: Dude, where's my car? What up, Wes? So where's if you'll remember, car? in a previous email, he wrote in about how much he hated this movie, hated watching the theaters, did not want to see it, did not enjoy himself. So yeah. Let's He's got he went with his brother. Yeah. He told us, yeah. What up, fam? Listening to your Dude, Where's My Car episode did not make me rethink my feelings in the movie. It actually made me <laughs> angry for no reason. I also Why? guessed the movie not us, was, hopefully. I don't know. I also guess the movie was much more adult than I remember because I only saw it once in theaters when I took my brother. And I remember thinking it was geared toward a younger audience, but maybe that was just the level of comedy says, when you yeah. mentioned Jake Gyllenhaal and Bubble Boy, that's really more the vibe I remember the movie having, except Bubble Boy is a way better movie. Anyway, enough about that. Here are some quick notes. Umbrella Academy is so good. It's one of our TV so night good. shows with our friends. We watched season one uh-huh. right when it was released. We're in the middle of two shows right now, so we won't get to season two for a few more weeks. As for the Gerard Way connection, he created it. The show is based that's on this right. comic series from 2007. I'm sure he's probably heavily involved in the show as well. But I don't know to what extent. I thought that he was just doing the music for it. I didn't know that he created it as well, but he's like writer of the comics. And I finally saw that in the introduction. Yeah. And I was like, Rachel, we need to read these. Actually, I meant to ask Nico and Kevo about them if they've read it. I love the idea of the Lone Gunman show. And I watched it all, but I don't remember a single second of it. It was always a good time when they showed up in the X-Files, though. And that's what I was talking about with the blind football yeah. team, blind baseball team. Brian mentioned Beavis yeah. and Butthead do America. I haven't thought about in years, but believe it or not, I actually really liked that movie. I taped it from HBO or something when I was in junior high and watched it a lot, even though I didn't I didn't like the show. I don't know why I even watched the movie in the first place. I wasn't friends with other Beavis and Butthead fans. I don't think I ever watched it with anyone or talked to anyone about it. I just liked it. I don't even remember it that well. I'm sure it doesn't hold up, but I have a nostalgic attachment to it for whatever weird reason. Well, I think we mentioned on the podcast that if you want to relive it, Brian covered it on his show with Autumn and Dan Ferrara. So if you want to remember it. One of my favorite things was the Beavis and Butthead Do America Guide. Okay. And this was something that I... Do you remember this? No. Did you have Mm-mm. this? Nope. So they made a Beavis and Butthead Do America Guide. And it was just like a bunch of like like satire paragraphs about states. This was incredible to me. And I had one as a kid because I loved the movie like when it came out. Recently, like not not recently, like within the past like decade, I rebought the book because I couldn't find my original. And it's also still awesome. So if you like Beavis and Butthead Do America, the guide you can buy on Amazon, and it's awesome. Very cool. Wes just says, that's it for this episode. Until next time, stay furious, Wes. Stay furious, Wes. Thank you, Wes. And if you want to write in family at cageclub.me. If you're the person that tagged us in a tweet that recommended us that we don't know who you are, please send us an email or let us follow you. Yeah. Right? We just talked about that with Nico and Kevo. Well, you'll, you'll hear later, later. 
but next episode. Yeah. yeah. Joe, on the streets, Fast and Furious news. Is there anything that you have seen, any clickbait or otherwise, real news or otherwise, that we have not that we have caught wind of since we last spoke? Yeah, I have one. Hold on, let me try to find. While it. you find that The Rock was just named 2020's highest paid actor, he doesn't even have a movie coming out this year. He's just making money wow. every other which way. That's why he can afford to buy the XFL because he's loaded very very true. he also like is genuinely like the hardest working man in hollywood from what i can tell from what i hear and so he deserves it so i uh, appreciate that i am happy with that news matt sent a link like as we were talking about you know we have like a ton of like clickbait stuff coming up so road and track did an article today about the fast and furious tokyo drift and sean's monte carlo from the beginning of Tokyo Drift. It's pretty much just an article talking about the new Craig Lieberman video, talking about the Monte Carlo, all the shit that it had in it. Like the one that beats the Dodge Viper in the beginning. Yeah. So uh, Craig Lieberman released a new video and Road and Track was all excited about it. So Suck at home improvement. Exactly. No news on Rock the Vote. The Rock still not running for president, unfortunately. Kamala Harris now the official VP candidate for Joe Biden, but The Rock nowhere yep. to be seen. So weird, but you know, next time. 2024. What if, what if Joe Biden would have picked The Rock as his vice president? I don't think that would happen for many different reasons specifically political party and also superior i don't know but uh i would love it i mean you know it would have been awesome right voting for biden either way it just would have been even better to vote for biden with the rock biden johnson 2020 hell yeah yeah you know what he has a great presidential name too by the way that we haven't talked about president johnson Dwayne, dwayne johnson is like a good presidential name. That we've already had President Johnson. We've, we've already had one. one. That's sure. what I'm saying. It's a good name. Yeah. My high school history teacher used to tell us that there's three things to win the presidency. You've, talk, hair, you've talked about this before. Yep. Height, optimism. Yep. And The Rock doesn't have the hair, but he has the height and he has the optimism. Yeah, you've talked about this specifically in that context before, which is never was oh, really? the name. Yeah, but about the hair. You, I think you said probably verbatim, he doesn't have the hair, but he has the height and optimism. Like almost verbatim. <laughs> Fair. Joe, the Ana Lucia Cortez Leticia Ortiz lost for a minute. Season 2 episode abandoned. Big episode. Big episode. Why is it a big episode? Shannon dies? Does she? Yes. When? Did I miss that part? The end? Letty shoots her. Oh. I totally missed that part. Sorry. It's the last minute of the episode. <laughs> I, dude. Oh my god. Mine. What the fuck, man? My notes for this episode are one. I totally forgot Shannon existed. I totally forgot she was on the island because like, we haven't seen her and Saeed mm-hmm. for fucking four episodes now. Okay, so so she gets shot by Letty at the end. You need to. <laughs> I watched it today. So the episode, they make their way across the Tell island. Tell me what happened. So okay. Saeed and Shannon spend the entire episode banging it out on the beach, right? They're just in Oh, tent. making it. I know. I'm so sick of this fucking love story. Good. I'm glad Shannon died then. That's great. Why are you sick of the love story? Because Saeed's too smart to deal with how dumb Shannon is, is what makes me frustrated about this. So what That's I found what out from the IMDb trivia was that it was Naveen Andrews' idea, and Naveen Andrews plays Saeed, for his character to have a relationship with Shannon as he knew it would have an extreme reaction in Metal America. Middle America. So I like that he's uh, no, basically I, just I trolling with... Republicans just like, hey, look at me. I'm a brown guy dating, you know, Miss America, basically. That's fair. I don't have a problem with how they look. I have a problem that Ka- Shannon's character is so fucking useless and Saeed is so awesome at everything. Like, he couldn't put up with her. They're like, I don't think this match works because she's so helpless. Well, I think, so there's a couple different things at play here. Number one, there's not a ton of single ladies on the island. Very fair. Charlie and Claire have kind of partnered off. We see that in this episode. Jack and Kate have, for better or worse, kind of partnered off. 
Uh, Sun and Jin have their thing. Rose and Bernard have their thing. And that's kind of all the main women, right? Like, there's other... We have other women on the island. We couldn't have made, like... They're not others, but they're others. Like, they're just... They're not main characters. Like, we don't know their names. And so, like, Saeed joins the ranks of, like, Hurley, who doesn't have a partner. Or, you know, you have Shannon, who, like, has the arc of being there with Boone, and then Boone does his thing, and then she decodes the map. What are you going to do? No, I get it. I get it, but I'm saying, like, I just don't personally like it. I don't think it works... They're in a survival situation. Saeed's badass at surviving. And then Shannon's just fucking useless. Why would they ever match up? I mean, like, I get it. That, like, that's fine. Like, I have no problems with them looking different. That doesn't bother me. It's just that, like, there's no way this guy that was in the fucking Secret Service. The Republican Guard. Yes. There's no way that he's like, oh, yeah, like, she's like, help me. I can't do anything. And, like, he'd be like, that's the one for me. Shannon's role on the island And Shannon's death was apparently planned all season because they knew that this was going to be the thing that brought the two halves of the island together in the most uncomfortable way possible. So her death serves a greater purpose, which we will find out in coming episodes. Also by the fact that Letty just fucking shoots her. Badass. Good for her. Not really. So Shannon's character on the show, Maggie Grace's character, Shannon on the show, is always, like, both in the flashbacks and on the island, uses her looks to get what she wants, right? Just like, hey, I'm beautiful, take care of me. I get that, you know, maybe after a certain period, like, it kind of wears off, but I do think that, like, beyond behind that, and I think what we see in the flashbacks here, that she is a person, that she is, she wants to be more in whatever ways that are kind of cast aside just because there's other bigger, more important things going on on the island, Saeed provides that for her, that he is able to kind of unlock who she really is. And I can see that. He does see her as a person. He treats her. He treats her like she's a real person and not useless, which is great. But that just makes him look better and her look more useless. I don't know. I don't don't think so. I think they're both, they're finding, again, you're across, you're halfway around the world on an island. You just survived a plane crash. The fact that you're able to find any kind of human connection, like Godspeed. You're not factoring in the fact that we we saw Saeed's like one true love that he was like chasing and like the, the two flashback episodes that we saw and she was like badass right like she was like leading the rebellion and like this like really cool chick shannon just seems like a like she's your work crush just like we were talking about in, in corporate like you just see her every day and i get that she's the actress is beautiful but like the characters like come on man like really i think on the surface it's a weird partner because you're right that he is so competent and he is so Yes. Uh, survival and so techie and whatever and she has not really demonstrated that but i do think that like beyond that there is more to it we also learn in the flashbacks that her dad her dad died in the car accident that jack let her dad die to save his future wife yes did you see that part no cool <laughs> did you watch no, this I episode this... yes i did i watched <laughs> this episode but I don't know what I missed. Like, I don't know. My brain maybe wasn't in the right place or something. Was this before the computer melted down or is this after the computer melted down? Before. I was like totally fine this afternoon and I watched it fully. I just, I don't know how I was missing shit. No, I was just sucked into like, she was trying to follow Walt and like, I was watching how they're trying to get back. And like, I was so disgruntled with like seeing Saeed and Shannon again and him being like, oh, you're so wonderful. And she's not. And like, maybe I was just flustered by that. So in the flashback a couple episodes ago, when Jack decides to save, he doesn't know that's going to be his future wife, but he decides to like, let the old man die. We're going to save this younger woman. In this episode, we find out that the guy who died in that car crash was Shannon's dad, that we see Jack in the background of this episode. We hear it all happen. It's the same car crash. So again, interconnectedness of all Mm. things. 
even before they got to the island, they were all tied together. So, like, it's a whole Shannon death and rebirth and new life and ending and whatever, both on the island and in the flashback. Yeah, that makes sense. That's cool, though. So let's talk about Letty. So what do you got Letty-wise this episode? I liked when she yelled at him, I am not lost, because she's, like, leading them, like, through the jungle, but she's not the tracker. She's not Mr. Echo. Sawyers keeps making fun of her, like, bro, like, you don't know where the fuck we're going. And she's like, I am not lost. And I was like, oh, well, that's a very Fast and Furious thing. She was just, like, very confident in her ability to be lost. Sawyer's almost dying, so he obviously needs to get back to Jack. So they build him, like, this, like, like sling that they're carrying. They're, like, a hammock that they're carrying him in. That was the main Letty things, but her shooting Shannon, holy shit, that's huge. <laughs> Probably would have been really great to notice, right? One of the important parts in the episode is that she describes kind of, and the next episode is the big one that I've been talking to, but she kind of gives like a thumbnail sketch of like what's happened. So she says on the first night that they were there, the others took three of them. They started with 23. Yes. The others took three of them. Then two weeks later, they took nine more, which would leave about 11. Then we also see Goodwin, who died last episode, I think, or not died, but we saw his body last episode. There's a woman, Cindy, who gets taken. I'm like, I don't remember who Cindy is because it doesn't matter because she gets taken in this episode. So there's basically Mr. Echo, there's Letty, nothing Letty, Ana Lucia, there's Libby. Is Libby the blonde woman? Libby's the blonde woman, and then there's Bernard, and there's probably a couple extras. But like, there's basically the, the core four... But even really, it's just, it's mostly still Mr. Echo and Ana Lucia. I was really happy to know that because I wanted to know why these other people disappeared where they, I was rooting for cannibalism the whole time. You will find out next episode is called The Other 48 Days, which you will, you could probably intuit what that's about. I was praying for cannibalism. I was hoping that they were just eating all the other people. And I was like, oh, that would be hilarious because they're on this island with all this fucking food the other ones have. Right? Like, if you just, like, looked for fruit, they were all eating fruit and shit the whole time. You know, well, they had somebody to hunt boars, right? But that's different. Oh, is it, like, polar bears that are killing them? Others? Are they, like, eating them? I was hoping for eating, but we find out that the others just, like, take them. Yep. So. That'll be next episode. We find out more details. I don't remember exactly what we learn. There isn't a flashback here. Before we get to the end, before we get to the gunshot, Shannon in a flashback says, I'm gonna find, I'm gonna figure out a way to make my own money. And I was thinking, I can pay for my own shrimp. That's true. Real Brian moment. And then Shannon runs into the forest because she she sees an image of Walt. She keeps seeing Walt. She saw Walt last episode, I think. She sees Walt again today. He's dripping wet, just like kind of talking backwards, just whispering, whatever. So she chases him into the rain. And I knew what was coming. And I was like, oh boy, this is going to be bad. Saeed also sees Walt. So whether they're, it's a shared vision or actually mm. Walt, we hear a gunshot. We see Shannon bleeding there. Saeed cradling, we cut, and we have Letty with a gun, and behind her are the people we know, and that's how the episode ends. So it is, I need you to watch the last, like, two minutes, like, literally two minutes, like, the most important. I'll rewatch it. Maybe I fell asleep or something. I mean, did you hear a gunshot or no? I feel like I heard a gunshot. Rachel didn't bring up how important it was. She would, She usually, like, reminds me, like, oh, like, Shannon got shot or something like that, you know what I mean? Like, did you see that? And I'd be like, no, I didn't see that. I was awake. Yeah, she says I was awake and I saw it. So. <sighs> it's not only important that a main character, not a main character, but a main character dies. It's not only important that it's how the two groups meet, but it's important because the reason we're watching the show is like the the inciting incident that it's Letty and Oh, shoot. yeah. So we might have a Letty episode in total, but like next episode is like the big, like, this is how we find out where, what happened to the Tailies from the time they crashed until now. Cool. That's going to be next episode. But any other thoughts about Abandoned? I wasn't trying to not pay attention. Like, I watched it. I just didn't catch the end there. I don't know what happened. I thought you were kind of joking at first. You're like, oh, it's not a big episode. I'm like, 
a character is murdered by the woman we're watching this for. No, I totally missed it. I this is how my brain works sometimes. It's the whole it's the whole dragging it out shit, bro. If you would let me binge it, I would catch all this stuff. Is but it no, that or is it that time. you're on your phone? No, no, I I was laying there. I don't think that I was on my phone even. Like, it, okay, Rachel says yes. That's what was happening. <laughs> I wasn't trying to. All right, Joe. The final thing to do before we take a break and talk about Total Recall is the Fast and the Furious minute. Minute eighty. A minute. I realized just now that I did not name. Do you have any t- ideas for a name for this minute? I was thinking maybe without Jesse or mm. on a beach in Mexico. Well, so that I have. So the, the, I don't want to do that one because my trivia question, as it stands right Ooh. now, is what dream does Dom describe to Letty? Which I think is that's a good question. Yep, you're right, you're right, you're right. Because I thought I that, that I think that is like the the noteworthy thing in this minute. Other than Jesse's not there, which is very apparent. Without Jesse would be a good right, one. Without Jesse. Alright, we're one man short. Letty, I need you on the left side. Sister's right about this one. This don't feel good. Don't do that. <sighs> Something's wrong. Stop. We shouldn't be doing this without Jesse. Look, this is the mother load. We've been on this for three months. After this, it's a long vacation for everyone. Let's go. Hope so. Listen, the other night I had a dream. You and I were on a beach in Mexico. Really? Really? Come on, let's make this happen. So in this minute, Dom and the team park their cars at that mystery building and uncover their Honda Civics. Leon expresses concern and hesitation about the job. Dom gives everyone a mini pep talk. Then Dom describes a dream to Letty, one of them happy on a Mexican beach. So this is basically like heist prep where Vince opens his Civics trunk, tosses Dom a, a bag of gear. Leon and Letty yeah. each hand Dom a harpoon that he puts in the same car. So I guess he's got like two of them he needs two of them yeah and then vince removes a motorcycle helmet and a safety harness from his trunk or from the bag or whatever and he starts getting ready for the heist itself does it not look like vince is the only one that's properly dressed for a heist in this in this minute well he's the only one who kind of has to be right because he's the one who's actually doing it everybody else is just driving yeah you want to be just comfortable driving he's the one who has to like jump into the truck so he needs like because he has like long pants on and like a shirt that has sleeves we see him rigging the harness that he can use to like latch on and climb on or whatever and he's got the motorcycle helmet to protect himself mm-hmm. and the kid protect his identity leon and letty and dom are all just driving the car and so it doesn't really matter what they're wearing they're just doing their thing right so as someone who like preps first not like i'm a prepper or anything but like as someone that like manages things i'll be like everybody needs to be in fucking full gear in case shit breaks bad everybody should have long pants on fully sleeved shirt like we should be ready in case you know, other people need to step in. But like, what? Like, change. what could go bad? Like, so okay, so obviously things do go bad because Vince gets yeah. caught. Whatever. They're all in separate cars. Like, they're in three cars, right? So it's not like they can really like they all have to be driving. They can't not be driving. So like, what could go wrong that they would have to be prepared for? I'm just trying to wonder. No, you're doing good. I like it. You're playing devil's advocate here. Because like, because I mean, I I think that like it is weird that like just Dom is in his Dom look or just like you know white undershirt and jeans or whatever. But like, I don't know that I don't know what he would actually need to be prepped 
looked for, other than maybe, like, a, a helmet to protect his identity, but, like, because if he's alone in a car after Vince gets out or whatever, like, unless he pulls over, but then if he pulls over, then somebody else, it's it's a weird, as weird it as is. it looks, I think it, it, I don't know that there's more prep actually to be done. It's, like, the whole strategy that, like, you need to be prepared to do every man's job. I see a situation here where, like, maybe they would have bailed. If this is the mother load, this is their last their last job don't you have a situation in mind where you're like okay maybe we need letty to be the one that jumps on the truck or maybe we need leon to be the one that jumps on the truck like you guys all need to be prepared like the only one who can get away with this is like dom because he's the quarterback but like everybody else should be prepared to know everybody else's job in this role as well i feel like to that point it goes to what they're talking about that normally they would have jesse that they would have another body that if things went wrong with vince then letty could do it maybe she needs to be get prepped but like because they're essentially down a man okay they can't really there's no flexibility like it's just like i don't know they've never explicitly say this but like if vince Vince fails, we fail. Yeah. The opening heist, right? Like if Vince fails, then Letty gets out of the car and Jesse keeps driving or whatever, and Letty saves Vince or gets the heist or whatever, right? Like there's there's a plan B, but here there is only one plan because Jesse's off, you know, he's hiding. He's scared, right? And I guess they, he's gone radio silent. And also, why is Jesse radio silent to them? I feel like he's just all screwed up. He is. He definitely, he definitely has some struggles, that's for sure. You don't think he would have like called or texted one of them? I need to deal with this, like, I'm sorry, I'm not coming back, or something, like, I'm okay. We don't know that that didn't happen. They're just saying we shouldn't do this without Jesse. It doesn't feel right. But, like, Fair. he might have been Fair. like, guys, I, I need to lay low for, like, a week. Like, I just, like, hopefully this Johnny Tran thing blows over. You know, I really can't lose my dad's car. Like, I know we had the heist, but, like, I really can't. That's fair. It's not like saying, yeah, like, yeah. well, we're missing Jesse. It's just, like, we're missing Jesse because, like, well, he's just not here. But Yeah, that's a good point. That is a good point. Because there is the urgency, right? Because Dom says, look, this is the mother load. We've been on this for three months. After this, it's mm-hmm. a long vacation for everyone. Let's go. So, like, they've been planning for this. It's just unfortunate that Jesse lost his car and kind of lost his mind and like worried about his dad the week this happens yeah although it does kind of feel like in the point break of it all brian should be in on this he should they should bring him in well i mean you know we obviously know that he does get brought in on this because he's with mia right now chasing them down but yeah he's not involved in the heisting of it well he's not only in, the same in on sense. it because he knows it's going down he isn't really it's going down because of dom like dom has not brought this up to him because like if dom brought this up to him he would be there like he would have he would have talked his way onto the team i think right yeah but he hasn't told him you're right all he told him was that we have race wars the note that he passed him said by rob semis just like well said. I rob semis like well said yeah exactly that is the story right because like at neptune's net brian says i want in on whatever i know that the sandwich shop sorry food shack i know that food, food shack, shack and you know racing or whatever isn't paying the bills what do you have going on i want in and then dom's like okay here you go well they'll show you and then it's race wars but like we don't know the financials of race wars we don't know like how no, that's doing it we but don't like know any of that. brian knows because he's been tasked to do this but Still, Dom has not spilled the beans. I wonder at what point he would. It feels like he should have by now. Yeah. Maybe if they don't leave from Race Wars immediately, maybe the next time, because Brian would ask again, right? Like, if we don't go from Race Wars to this heist, and then Brian's like, I get that, like, that's cool, but, like, there's got to be something more, right? I think that what we were picking up on in the dialogue is that they've been planning for this for three months, so they don't want to bring somebody new into the mix immediately and, like, have them prep. Where they're like, we can deal without Jesse, but we don't want to have to like bring someone new in. We don't have to train someone on like a, such a short notice, right? I think that's the smart thing, but I also think that's like a weirdly not a movie thing to do. Like it feels like in a movie, people would be like, all right, like we're under the gun, or maybe 
and maybe that's a thing that people do in real I don't know, but like it feels like in movies they're like, oh shit, like, you know, the plan's messed up, we gotta bring somebody in, and that's when it goes bad. But like here it yeah. goes bad because they don't do that, which feels like almost directly unmovie-ish in a way. It's like this is not what happens normally. Like they normally would bring somebody in and either yeah, he's and a he's... cop or he messes things up, but here it's just like yep. we can go on as planned, which doesn't I don't think normally happens. No, you're right. I like that. Yeah. They should have put just Brian in Jesse's place. And been like, Brian, you run as Jesse, and Jesse's, like, Brian's a cop, now involved, and he's like, okay, and arrests all of them, or just tells the cops that they're there, and everything, like, ends there. But it's not as much fun. The hijacking part two is the song by BT, of course, from the score, that continues, like, it, it very, very barely started last minute. And the future Fast Connections, which ties into the trivia question, Dom and Letty will have time together on a beach, just not in this movie. They're on a beach at That's least at the true. end of seven, when they're saying goodbye to Brian. They're on a beach in four. We just saw them. Yeah, at the beginning, right? Yeah, so. Yep. So the trivia question they have here is, what dream does Dom describe to Letty? And the answer is just of them on the beach, on them on a beach in Mexico. Yeah. How about a long vacation? A long vacation. He says it, but that's not the dream that he describes. Them having a baby that they named Brian. (laughs) (laughs) Having a baby they named Brian. Driving on a highway that never ends. Oh, that's good. What about he doesn't remember? He describes a dream that he doesn't remember to Letty. Like, what's, what was your dream? He's like, I don't remember. Can we have a fifth answer? Is that okay? Yeah. <laughs> what dream does Dom describe to Letty? A long vacation, driving on a highway that never ends, having a baby that they named Brian, of them on a beach in Mexico, uh, or I was just say them on a beach in Mexico, one he doesn't remember. I think that's so good for the Letty minute. Right? Oh, I also like... do want to say we added another trivia question because as I was editing the last oh, minute yeah. or the last episode, I was like, there's such an obvious question that we did not ask, that we did not include. Outside of which town does the family stash their Honda Civics, which is Thermal? So we have Coachella, Palm Springs, Paloma, and Thermal. Like we were so, I think, caught up. Like I was so caught up in the next tell of it all that like there's Same. also a very specific but also very fair question that they mentioned like you know they, they set you outside somewhere outside thermal and we're just like oh we like neither of us even like thought like no not at all and we and i looked up thermal i was googling thermal trying to find a fucking water reservoir near thermal but no we probably said thermal 20 times last episode and yet we did never even thought about it that was a great question so like now it. we have 80 minutes 90 questions we are getting there we're getting there if you're a patron too fast too forever.com still the pinned post i need to go take the quiz again for sure maybe after maybe after we finish recording this i'm gonna yeah, say maybe it. maybe with that in mind anything else that you want to say any other thoughts about this or should we take a break and talk about total recall i want to say that when they pull up to the honda civics they all have sunroofs and i'm very confused why they all have sunroofs because like that's like a decent option if you're trying to buy like shitty cars that you know that you probably are gonna wreck you have to get rid of like why would you have sunroofs and then i thought about it and i was like oh maybe just in case you have to like you know shoot out the sunroof or climb out the sunroof or jump into the sunroof maybe sunroof was an important option in their honda civics that they're buying to rob semis with i guess because they got a mirror cut out right so that's what i'm thinking so like i was like oh if you were looking at a car that you're like this is disposable and you're like but it has a sunroof you'd be like it doesn't fucking matter but like if you're gonna do you know semi robberies maybe it does matter because they all have sunroofs in that row right there so that's what i was thinking yeah well joe let's take a break and let's talk about total recall as we wrap up paul Verhoeven week.
This is episode 117, Total Recall. This episode is brought to you by Dreamleaf, Lucid Dreaming Supplement 30 Night Supply. Dreamleaf is the most advanced lucid dreaming supplement on the planet, recently featured on CBS daytime TV show The Doctors, and is specifically formulated to do four things. Induce lucid dreaming, enhance dream recall, promote balanced sleep, and create longer dreams. Shout out to Dreamleaf. Well, thank you, Dreamleaf, for sponsoring this episode, Total Recall. So now, Joe, this is the second Paul Verhoeven movie in a row. You had not seen this one either. Is that correct? No, but somehow in my weird brain, I didn't say this last episode, but I had thought that Arnold Schwarzenegger was RoboCop. He was originally going to play the title role in RoboCop, but problems with the costume caused producers to drop the idea. Okay, so I think I knew that story then. Well, we talked about very briefly, like, there were a couple, Mm -hmm. I didn't mention him by name, but there were other people that, like, the suit was just, like, too weird and clunky and heavy and whatever, and just a lot of actors kind of got chased away from the actual constraints of the suit. Like, I think I mentioned, but I think I cut it out, like, Rucker Hauer of Blade Runner, or maybe I left it in, I don't remember, but he was going to play, there were a lot of people who, like, kind of were around the part, but didn't. But then after Schwarzenegger saw RoboCop, he said he loved the movie and wanted to work with Verhoeven. And when he and Verhoeven heard about Total Recall, they decided to work on this. Apparently, Verhoeven had always wanted to work with Schwarzenegger, because who wouldn't? If you make these kind of movies, why wouldn't you want to work with Arnold? Of course. Exactly. Arnold sent Verhoeven the script, and Verhoeven wow. loved it, but wanted to make some changes, and he wanted to make it more scientific. Arnold apparently liked how he balanced, like, mind games and action, which kind of makes sense. Yeah. And the weird connections, not really necessarily weird connections, Ronnie Cox plays the main villain in both movies. I don't know if you realize that, but the Cohagen in this movie is the same guy as, like, the president of the company in the last movie. Oh, no, I didn't realize. I mean, old white guy, so yeah. Sure. But, mm-hmm. but also, similarly, I was like, so Michael Ironside, who plays, like, just how last time we had read from that 70s show. I know. As like kind of the, not the main bad guy, but like the main, the guy that spends the most time, right? So we have Michael Ironside here. And I was like, he kind of looks like Red. And I found out that Kurtwood Smith was going to play Red, but he turned it down because he thought it was too similar. But Verhoeven's like, hey, I'm just going to get another balding guy, you know, in his like 40s or whatever, just to, like, basically the same kind of character. And you know who else is in this movie? Who is that? Um, He was an alien, so you probably didn't recognize his face. Oh, I know. I know exactly what you're talking about. Asak Schrader himself. Yeah, Dean Norris. Yeah, he was in this I didn't think movie. you were going to recognize him. How did you recognize him? Or did you look him up? I didn't. Rachel told me it was him. I recognized his voice, but only after Rachel told me it was him. Oh, yeah, no. I As soon as, like, I forgot that he was in this, and yeah. I heard the voice. Because I'm way, I'm, I'm actually, not to brag, I'm very good at voices. I am not good at faces at all. Hair, again, we talked about hair blindness. I cannot recognize when hair changes. Uh, but the voice, as soon as, as soon as he spoke, I was like, oh, yeah. And so I confirmed, but I was like, yeah, that's exactly him. Because I thought he's in the one scene, and then he comes back later a couple times or whatever. But yes, yes, yes. I was very excited to see that. But I was like, dude, we had that 70s show and Breaking Bad. Is there a connection between those two or just TV shows? Just TV shows that I like. I mean, well, I don't like the one, but I like one TV show (laughs) of the two. I that is it was a very it, tenuous... Com- you know, it's, it's very cool we got these two TV shows back-to-back. Well, other than they're both TV shows, there's nothing in common, but yeah, okay. No, I mean, there were TV shows that were on much later than these movies came out. Sure, okay. These were yeah. still actors in a TV show after they had done two movies with Paul Verhoeven. I thought that was pretty yeah. cool. What did you think of Total Recall? Before we talk about what it's about, what did you think of this movie? Fucking awesome. This is a right? great movie. Yeah, incredible. Yep. I want to talk I want to talk to you about like what the what what your perception of the end is. And mm-hmm. don't give me a bullshit. There is no, it's, it's up to you, the viewer, to understand. Well, that's basically what the director said. Paul Verhoeven has said that the yeah. end, that he made it ambiguous on purpose. Uh, of because course. He, he made it ambiguous because he wanted whatever. While he believes it's a dream, 
The director thinks it's all a dream. Okay. Uh, he thinks that people who see an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie see the hero win and think that's reality and not a dream. But at the end, when it like fades to white, they're thinking that that might be the lobotomy, that they're at the end, they get their memories wiped or just their brains cut open or into or whatever. I don't even think, I don't even think it's that. I think that he was just getting the implant and that was like his first run through of the memory. And like the white is like him waking up. So you think the whole like him as a special agent is the entire like last hour and a half of the movie. The vacation he pays for is what most of the movie. Yes, I think he goes under. He has a memory of him waking up, but it's not real. And that he's still under. He gets the memory implant. That was just like the implantation of the memory. And then at the end, when it goes white, he, like, actually wakes up, and he was like, that was the vacation that I paid for. Because Verhoeven has said that the first 20 minutes, which I guess is getting to the chair, like, getting to yes. recall, yeah. he said that's real. Like, that's definitively, that is actually, that's happened. But he, I think, has said that the rest of the movie, the last hour and a half, is a dream. So it sounds like you kind of agree with the director? I agree, yeah. I also I also don't know that it matters. Like, I, don't, I honestly kind of don't care. Like, I think it's weird. No, like, there's, I don't care, there's yeah. There's dreams within the dream, and there's, like, the guy's like, oh, no, like, we're, you know, you're under right now, and I'm just a manifestation. And he sees the guy sweating, so he shoots him or whatever. Like, he knows that it's not real or whatever, so. Yes. What's cool, and I think this is kind of what Arnold was talking about, that, like, if you want to analyze this as, like, a piece of art, you can. Or if you just want to see a movie where, like, there's a woman it's with two breasts and yeah. like just like shooting people up and like just ragdoll with bullet holes like it's that too it's like whether you want to dive in deeper or not this can. is what i loved about it i really like the dichotomy of that that made me super happy that you can watch it and be like oh is this inceptiony mm-hmm. is he really in a dream was that real what was what wasn't real what is real and also it's a badass action movie with a woman with three boobs so that's mm-hmm. great i agree with you you don't even have to think that hard on it if you don't want to it's just both yeah. it exists as both and that's awesome so this movie if you've not seen total recall yet uh i think it's on netflix so i think you can watch it on netflix okay it's in the year 2084 and arnold schwarzenegger is i think a construction worker yes and he is married to sharon stone based on her performance in this movie would get cast in Verhoeven's movie two years later in Basic Instinct because he liked that she was able to char- change Dude. like on a dime from being a timid, charming sweetheart yep. to a diabolical person and yep. back again. And he also said, which is kind of weird, that that's how she is in real life too, which is like, maybe don't say that. Like That seems like a kind of an insult, but well, you maybe just, not. I don't you know. just made me have a bigger crush on Sharon Stone because she is my kind of crazy. Do you know she has 154 IQ? I believe it. She's scary. Well, do you know anything about her in real Because I don't know anything about her real life. You're just basing this on her characters or what? You can see so deeply into her real life through her characters. Nobody can play this like weird switch, flip, sweetheart, crazy, also like stabbing. And it, it's too real. It's way too real for me. Like she has to be a genius in real life. There's she no was in way. a series, she was in an HBO series that came out a couple years ago called Mosaic that Steven Soderbergh directed, and it was a weird thing where they sh- they eventually aired it narratively start to finish, but it was first created as an app, and you could, like, do the story non-linearly, and I think, I think if I remember right, she's murdered, like, early on, but, like, she's the best part of that series, and she is basically narratively, like, I think the whole show is about, like, trying to figure out who killed her. Like, it's not a spoiler, like, I think that's, like, okay. what the show is about. Okay. She's only in, like, an episode and a half of the six episodes i'm like why cast her and then like take her away like it feels rude you know what you know what i mean like but yeah she's she's wonderful and in between this and basic instinct i was like oh my god she is great like well they're both and they're both verhoeven they're both his movies and also i I mentioned last time a couple other movies that he had done like in addition to those 
He did Starship Troopers. He did... Which is funny because uh, Brian and Larson have been ragging on me for like the past two days that I haven't seen Starship Troopers yet. So that's on my to-do list for sure. Wait, how did Larson find out? Because, oh, because Because Brian was telling him. (laughs) Oh, okay. As I was editing it, I pulled it out and I was like, well, you didn't do your homework. I was like, have you seen Starship Troopers? Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Pull that out, okay. sends it to Brian, so I guess Brian then told Larson? Yes, 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 yes. That's what happened. Anyway, but Verhoeven also directed Showgirls. He also directed Hollow Man with Kevin Bacon. And he directed a movie that came out a couple years ago that I saw at Fantastic Fest called L, which stars Isabelle Huppert, which is a psychotic... Oh, man, it's wonderful. Like, these, he just makes crazy, good, weird, hyper... Again, hyper-pulpy, hyper-violent, hyper-sexual movies. I miss this time in filmmaking because there's no CGI. Like, you know what I mean? Like, or, like, very little. So this is this is considered kind of, like, the final... One of the final movies that didn't really use CGI. I know. It feels so nice. In a way, one of the first movies to use CGI in, like, the X-ray scanner. Like, it was the first to use that kind of thing, but the last one to kind of use, like, miniatures and, like, practical effects and stuff like that. So there's actually a line in this movie that someone says clever girl yes I think Arnold says clever girl and he like does. three years later we got jurassic park saying yep. clever girl right yep. but like yep. yep jurassic park is always my like tent pole of like okay 1993 means like you can do legitimate cgi like look at the dinosaurs right exactly but like before then it's like okay well you know maybe people are doing it or whatever but like that's why a lot of these old especially horror movies like guys like tom savini like these horror like these makeup guys are so respected and beloved by you know horror junkies because they created things with like tangible things and glop and whatever yes and they just did it so like what you're seeing you're seeing and now when people like there's still people doing it but mostly it's just computer stuff which is it's still like great like i don't mind it but like there's a there it feels and it looks different and like the fact that it feels different to your brain that's the thing that it is like we talked about this at like there's there's that concept that like when CGI because it becomes so close to like reality your brain can tell it apart from reality very quickly and this you're like oh yeah this is like modeling clay and makeup and like things like that and that feels really cool to me and I miss that part of filmmaking so this movie so he is married to Sharon Stone and it's the year 2084 and he wakes up having a dream like kind of a nightmare of him on Mars with this brunette woman she's like don't think about mars mars is a shit show like you look at the governor of mars like mars is like overrun like you don't want to go mars let's go anywhere let's go to saturn let's take a space cruise let's go anywhere he sees an ad for this place called recall and so he goes to recall and recall basically offers virtual memories but they yes. also can create like actual souvenirs where you can pretend for like you know 900 credits whatever say like 900 dollars or whatever like they can just put memories in your brain that like oh i was on mars for two weeks cool like i have all these memories i have the shirt like i was there or whatever yes he decides to do it as they put the thing in or before they put the thing in, he freaks out and he kind of resurfaces all these other memories. And then this guy, this mysterious guy with a suitcase comes and he's just like, hey, you said if you ever disappear for me to find you, well, here's what you need. He finds out that he's this guy, Hauser. So he's he's Doug Quaid to the world. But he also finds out that he's this guy, Hauser, who used to work for the guy, Cohagen, the main, yeah. who's the governor of Mars, who has kind of privatized Mars. We find out he privatized Mars in a way that he privatized police in Detroit in Robocop. Like, he's just, like, a big wig, just, like, making money off people. Corporations. That's what he does. Exactly. Yeah, are evil. Yeah, exactly. And so he finds out, Arnold finds out that his, like, past version of himself was uh, working for Cohagen, but he had flipped sides because he realized what he was doing was wrong, and then he had his memory erased to protect himself. And so then the rest of the movie is him getting to Mars and sort of completing or fulfilling the mission 
once we get to Mars, that's where, like, this whole, like, kind of slummy, sort of third world kind of, like, just, like, sex and prostitution and the violence red light and whatever. District. It's the red yes. light district. Yeah, yeah. That's when he meets the woman of his, not metaphorically, but, like, literally the woman of his dreams. True. With this woman, Molina. They eventually, in the end, at least as the narrative goes, they sort of conquer Cohagen, they beat everybody, they react, or they, they launch the reactor to free Mars, because the way he's done it is he has basically made Mars habitable, but he charges people to breathe the air. And so he sets a thing basically to destroy the whatever, a bomb that's going to prevent people from breathing. It's going to slowly kill everybody. Well, there's the reactor. He's the trying reactor. to blow up the They reactor. activate the reactor to save Mars. And in the end, they basically terraform Mars by this reactor because like Mars is his ice core and whatever. Yes. And so in the end, you know, it seems like a happily ever after that they saved the day. Mars is kind of like Earth now. And then you're led to believe or you're led to wonder whether that was real or whether that was fake or whatever. Yeah, it ends with the top still spinning, right? Like, you don't yes. know. Exactly. And maybe it wobbles a little bit, but, you know. And she know. says, like, do you, something about a dream, too. What's, like, the last line, like... Kiss me before you wake up. Ah, yes, yes, yep. yes. In the frame of the game that we play, Arnold is Letty, because he has he's the one with the memory issues. But I was thinking yes. there is this brunette, athletic, and then, like, sleazy. But I was like, it's so close to being Letty, like, describing his dream woman yeah and then we see sharon stone kind of as this like attractive blonde that i was like that's kind of elena it is I was like i was like does that make he's Arnold a large muscly man dom? yeah i'm like that's weird like that's like, he's not really dom unless he's bloodshot because he's like <laughs> it's just like a like he's he's got to be our letty like the thesis is that he's our letty but it's also like well then melina's our letty but she's not like i don't know like it's it's oh boy it, it, it kind of broke my brain this felt very very much that arnold is dom to me because, first of all, they look alike, right? They're just huge dudes. And Arnold being this big back then is incredible. Have you seen the documentary Pumping Iron from, like, 1974? Mm, no. It's basically just about, like, the muscle beach culture, I think, like and, like, weightlifting yeah. competitions. And, like, he's not the star of it, but, like, he's the star of it. Like, he just kind of comes in, like, he's just like, oh, okay, that's, that's a guy, okay, yeah? The thing was, is it felt very fate to me. Fate of the Furious. They're trying to get Dom, but Dom doesn't know what side he's playing type situation. Like Quaid and Hauser, like, which one is he? Which way is he leaning? So, like, that felt very fate to me, and that's why it made me think of Dom, for sure. Okay. But you're right. I mean, like, with the memory loss thing, like, Dom doesn't have memory loss, but at the same time, like, two wives, Mm -hmm. and, like, what's going on? I'm with you. I can definitely see it being Dom, too. We once again, we were talking like Nick wrote in maybe last episode. I don't remember. Maybe two episodes ago, two episodes ago, probably about people waking up in bed. We have a people, you know, it's not a fast movie, but like they wake up in bed here dreaming about Mars. Do we have any, I don't know, we have dreams in the Fast and Furious, do we? No, we have flashbacks, but never dreams. Like Dom, I think the closest we get to a dream is when Dom like does the, he sees the skid marks and like, you know, flips in his head to where Letty was. But we do have, for the second movie in a row, which is a thing that Verhoeven loves to do, he has, like, the news broadcast. And I was thinking, we did not talk about last episode about how at the beginning of Five, we have basically, I don't remember what his character name in Fast Five is, but from Parks and Rec, we have Purred Happily doing the, like, live on the street, like, this bus just flipped and I'm here and, like, I'm reporting on the things. Like, we have news broadcasts at least once in Fast and Furious, but we've had it two times in a row where just, like, they're watching the news, there's TV and whatever. But I do want to say that another thing in regards to Fast Five with these last two movies, both of these movies have wild, especially this one, have wild disregard 
for civilian casualties. Like, there are oh, people, yeah. like, when they're just like, we need to kill Arnold, we're going to spray and pray this machine gun into this crowd of people. All the time. Which, in that regard, might make it more of a dream, because it feels like even bad guys would be like, you can't do that, right? But, like, no. there there are multiple scenes where just like, oh, no, we don't give a shit, or, like, they're, I'm just going to destroy this cab. entire terror thing on uh, the, the, the dome on Mars, because I don't care if people live, because I'm going to die, so everybody's going to die. The, the first thing is when he comes through the, the security... And also, like, when he's in the cab and they're just, like, spraying into a crowd of people, mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, God. Like, I, that's, I, I really thought, I was like, that's just very jarring. Like, I mean, like, we're seeing the after effects of basically what we would witness in Fast Five, them dragging the safe through the streets of Rio. We just don't see the carnage, right? Like, it's kind of like, you know, in, in Batman vs. Superman, we see them fighting, like, flying through the city. Or maybe it's Man of Steel and then into Batman vs. Superman, the, you actually see the accountability after the fact. You're like, oh, right, no, there's people in those buildings, right? Like, it's not just yeah. Superman and Zod flying through, like, empty buildings. It's like, oh, no, they're causing chaos. And so, like, we see this, we, you know, we cut to them, Don Zucaduro plays, but, like, <laughs> like Rio is in mourning. It's like hundreds of people have been displaced and, like, killed oh, yeah. and maimed and whatever. And here, it's just like, oh, no, all I was doing was going to work. Or, like, he jumps on a train and he shoots through the window to jump into the train and they're just, like, spraying the train. It's like, man, like, just let these dream people maybe go to work. Let's not call them dream people. We don't know what the real truth is. Hey, man, that was your idea. You're the one who said it was a dream. The truth is out there. Ooh. Uh, yeah, I think that this is all just his implant. This is also the first time in a memory movie that we've really talked about the process of, like, Eternal Sunshining, where they're like, just wipe his memory, like, wipe all thoughts of recall. Like, in Eternal Sunshine, where they're like, okay, like, they send the letters to everybody, right? They're like, if they ask about this, you don't know anything, like, you don't know this person, whatever, right? Yeah. They wipe his brain, they send him on his way, he wakes up in the back of the Johnny Cab, he gets out, and literally the first person he sees is like, hey, so how was recall? It's like, well, dude, you fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> You, you have one job. I mean, I know that, like, it's not how this is meant to go. Like, they didn't write the guy a letter. But I'm just thinking, like, in terms of comparing this to Eternal Sunshine, like, it is, like, worst case scenario. Yeah, you'd be like, fuck, is that where I was? God damn it. On you bringing that up, how cool was it that he gets the note from the so- from the safety deposit box, right? Mm-hmm. And he writes it down again. How memento is that? Mm-hmm. Right? Because he, he, like, he's, he's, he's testing if it's, own, if it's his own handwriting, right? Exactly. So he was like, you know, because Memento, he's like, the only thing you can trust is your own handwriting, and, like, he has to write stuff out so that he knows that this is real. That guy who does confront him, though, about Recall, then attacks him, like, he and his goons, like, attack him or whatever. Arnold karate chops a guy so hard in the head that his head splits open in this movie. Yeah, that's a very Taken kind of move. But I don't even know if Liam Neeson, like, karate chops a guy where a blood <laughs> split. I, that, like, that's, it's it's a combination of, like, strong man action movie pulpy verhoven it's just like no this is this is a perfect storm here we always talk about this that like when you watch taken that like take it nobody gets like shot in taken they all just get neck chopped by liam neeson i mean there was at one point great youtube clips of just like all the neck chops from taken because he just like neck chops everyone do you don't nobody uses that in real life like why does no. why is there no neck chops that should be like the quicksand of of physical violence <laughs> in real life you know what i mean yeah. like should be it should be way more prevalent yeah I thought there'd be a lot more neck chops in real life, like, you know, like... I was promised neck chops. <laughs> yeah, like, two masked men went into a bank, neck chopped everyone. You know, you'd be like, oh, fuck, well, yeah, neck chops. I just feel like people probably aren't strong enough. Like, I feel like if, <laughs> if, if, if you neck chopped me, I'd be like, ow! Like, I w- like, it wouldn't, like, debilitate me. Like, what are you doing? You hit them so hard that they're, like, that you cut off 
blood flow to the brain and that they're like they pass out is that what i guess the... yeah i guess it's like a pressure point thing right yeah that's what it has to be i think it would be much it would be much more simple like everybody should learn how to neck chop you know if somebody annoys you you can just neck chop them like that's like pretty harmless <laughs> right like there's not like you know like just neck chop them lightly and they just they fall very soft and you're okay there was a kind of nefarious plot line in this movie that what? i when I when applying it to the Fast and Furious, I was like, oh, because like we find out that like Sharon Stone, like he comes back, he's like, people just tried to kill me, and he's like turning off light switches or whatever. He's like, get down, and he shows her hands, he shows her his hands, and they're covered in blood. I'm like, dude, you yes. just touched like every surface in your house. Like, what? Like, is there blood everywhere? Also, now? you rode like whatever you were just like. Was he in the subway? Right? He gets attacked outside his apartment building. Do you know how fast blood coagulates on your hands? Like his well, hands. This still... is like wet. If this is just yeah. like, oh, look at me. That's what I was saying. So I was like. That's very, like, that's not very safe at all. We stop with blood things. That wasn't my point. I just had to point that out. But he then goes to the bathroom to wash his hands. Comes out, there's, like, an attacker in his apartment shooting at him. He finally overpowers them, finds out that it's his wife, or who he thinks is his wife, Sharon Stone, with a gun. And she's, like, the only person in this movie who, like, kind of has the upper hand. Yeah, I guess he gets kind of grabbed and dragged by, like, four or five dudes a couple times, but it seems like she's the only one one on really one give him, him down. Yeah. I get narratively, but also like he's Arnold. Like what do you come on. Okay. But anyway, she like finally confesses like we're not actually married. You know, I was hired to play your wife. Like all the memories you have of me are just six weeks old, whatever. We like, we find out later that she's actually married to Michael Ironside, the basically this movie's version of Red, right? Yes. I was thinking about how dark it would have been if like in between four and six when Letty is like in Braga and then Shaw's crew or whatever he she gets tied in with Shaw yes if like he somehow for some reason I don't know I don't know the why but he implanted all these fake memories that like Dom and Letty's marriage wasn't real but I don't know why you would do that or but just I was just like oh them. that could be nefarious like just in injecting false memories into her brain oh but You're then, like, the other she's, way. like, then, but, because, you know, she brings Dom back to life by saying, you know, we married, and, like, you you die, I die, whatever, and I'm not ready to die yet. I'm thinking, like, it'd be really weird and fucked up if, like, they were never actually married, that, like, for some reason, Shaw in, incepts that idea into her head, like, deep, deep down, and then she kind of incepts it back into Dom's head when he, when she, like, brings it back to life, and this whole, like, secret wedding just never happened. It was just, like, this whole, like, oh. masterstroke from, like, Owen Shaw, but, like, I don't know why he would do that, but I was like, <laughs> man, like, that could happen. That was a, that was a wild ride. Okay, so Shaw implants I, the yeah, memory I don't know, I don't know the why of any of it, but I just know, I just know the what and the how and the when. I don't know the why, though. Okay, Shaw implants the memory of Dom's wedding, but then tells her it didn't happen? No, 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 so, like, so... <laughs> Wait, what so, were you trying to say? I don't know how we get there. So, okay, so in 4, Letty dies, quote-unquote dies, yes. right? And she has amnesia in the crash or whatever. Yes. So Shaw brings her into the crew. I'm following. In that time, he basically does a recall, kind of, where he puts these memories, even though she's like, I don't remember where I came from or whatever, for some reason, he incepts way deep down this, like, false memory that she married Dom. And I don't know, maybe why? he's putting other memories on. I don't know. I'm, that's why I don't know okay, the why. Okay, okay, you don't but know the why. he's okay. putting memories on top of it like maybe like they had this wedding but then like he broke her heart and like he wants to turn her against him or something right but then okay. all those melt away all those break away those dissolve 
but she's stuck with the memory of her marriage to Dom, which isn't real, which is artificially created by Owen Shaw using technology that we have not seen in the Vastiverse, <laughs> but also exists in the inception. Vastiverse. This is full, yes. This is a full Inception. Yes, it's a recall or it's an Inception, exactly. Okay. Then in 6, I think it's in 6 or is it 7? No, it's in 6. In 6, when Dom yes. almost dies and she's mm-hmm. like, I remember everything, Dominic Toretto, we married, whatever. She's remembering the false memory. It's not actually real. So what we hear, what she believes, and then what Dom wakes up to believe, like that's okay. so, such a vivid memory for him, that she unknowingly recalls or incepts him too, but through her words, it could be all, I'm just thinking like false memories in this movie, Okay. could also be a false memory in the Fastiverse. To what end, I do not know. I'm just saying, it could happen. Just keep your mind open. That's a, that's a weird inception, but I, I like it. I know. That was definitely a wild ride. Were you talking mm-hmm. to Wells recently? I mean, last night, but not about this. Okay. Oof. That was a thought experiment for sure. I thought this episode should be sponsored by Johnny Cab, which I still think the craziest thing about Johnny Cab is that like it's an AI, like it's a self-driving car, but like it's operated by a joystick. So like Johnny Cab is like on a joystick and he's like driving, he's like wiggling around because he's it's a robot. robot. Yeah, it's a robot that operates a joystick instead of being a screen and a computer system, right? Like yep. that's very mm-hmm. strange. I agree, but I like it. It makes it more. Because like Arnold like breaks the Johnny Cab body off and then uses the joy the, the joystick to like drive. But I was like, it feels like needlessly analog in this digital world. But exactly. Hey, I also noticed that there is a rat in the warehouse when he goes to unpack the suitcase. So I was thinking of too fast. I was like, don't tell Lenny. And he's even like feeding the rat with like whatever he's got, right? He's the just like feeding the rat scraps. Yeah. yeah. The pulling the tracker out of his nose was so matrixy, right? Yeah. And there's also the red pill in this movie too, right? Oh, so there is a red pill in this movie too. You're right, dude. Yes, yeah, so you could take the red. Yeah. Oh, God. I didn't even think about that. And for the second movie in a row and tying to the necklace, he's got a tracker like they, like Cohagen, the guy, Ronnie Cox, knows where where the guy is because he's being tracked and that's when yeah. he takes it out like he puts the wet towel around his head and then he takes out the tracker from his brain so yeah i i want to know how arnold schwarzenegger figured out how to tie such a perfect towel around his head like instantly it was lovely like he I had know. such good yeah. technique yeah he made like a full turban out of that towel and i yeah. want to know how you learn how to do that so quickly as like a guy that lived on earth forever i want to express my condolences for the poor woman who was the actress in the body that arnold is so like Arnold, to get to oh, Mars, knows he's yes. being hunted, so he dresses himself yeah. as this, like, older woman, and he, like, the suit malfunctions, and he comes out, and he breaks through, or whatever, right? Yes. But I'm like, whoever that actress is, who goes up to the desk, is an actual actress. It's like, it's look at woman. this lady. Yeah, look at this lady who's, like, ugly enough and big enough to be, like, Arnold in a woman suit. It's just like, well, that's, that's unfortunate. Like, she's, that's a person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But she had, she had a real role in this movie. Had you seen, like, had you seen the gift? Because I think the when the suit like comes around from his head and like he takes the head off like that's a very iconic gif have you seen that before or no i've seen that scene before but not in gif formatting had you seen anything else from this movie before like did you know like any lines because like <sighs> we didn't really talk about it, but, like was there anything that, that you were like oh i i didn't know what that was like did you know that this movie had the three-breasted woman or no yes but yes, did you know I it was did. from this movie or just knew that existed I knew it existed. I didn't know what movie it was from. There was something that I talked about on here that I was watching that was like, you know, like Masters of Theater or something. And it was like about all of these sci-fi movies. And it had like a ton of clips from all of these. And it was like 
Blade Runner and Total Recall and like and it was like interviewing like Spielberg and like I, f- I forget what it was called but I was watching it and it was like a four part five part series about like time travel in movies or like memory in movie you know what I right. mean like yep. all of these kind of things and it just like focused on like all of these classic films even before that I remember those things but like very somewhat recently I've like seen like these kind of clips over and over again right so yeah I've, I've definitely seen them but like I I really thought that like Schwarzenegger was in RoboCop for sure when we start like when you were like we're doing Total Recall and RoboCop I was like Schwarzenegger's in, Schwarzenegger's in both probably but definitely in RoboCop not the other way around because I think the thing like, I think the big takeaways from this movie are the line get your ass to Mars the suit that he takes off like the what yeah. we're talking about yeah uh, the three-breasted woman yep the shot of him in the chair with like the prongs around his head I think those are all the things I think have kind of been parodied or replicated or just sort of live beyond the movie I think Robocop probably maybe might have more like I think Robocop's probably a little bit more to use Brian's word iconic but I think they're both like they both have their tentacles in a lot of different whatever yeah there's there's definitely pop culture permeations in this for mm-hmm. sure the thing that I saw as like a huge fascination was that they're running through the subway and fighting. And that reminded me so much of what we were talking about, which is like Gina Carano fighting Letty through the subway. Yes. And actually there's, there's trivia about that. So tell me when filming that fight scene Verhoeven asked the second unit AD, cause generally like an action scenes, like another director does that. Like they're not, cause it's not always the lead actors in this. It would be, but like, there's not lines. It's just like stunt choreography. So like they have different people, whatever. So we asked the guy to choreograph the fight, not as a quote cat fight, but more as a martial arts fight. Okay. To get the feel of two quote warriors fighting each other rather than just two women. He said, that's probably the first time in a feature film when two women were fighting each other normally, as opposed to a, cat fight because it's rare that you see two women like actually like, instead of just like nails and hair pulling like, they're just like beating the shit out of each other and that's exactly what i thought of too like letty and gina carano because like it's rare to see in an otherwise like not in a movie about a female fighter but just to have two women just fight 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 like it was great it was fight great yeah but like a, like have like the physical know-with-all to fight in a martial art kind of way as opposed to just like cat fight hair pull yeah i agree with that that's very cool i have a funny side tangent story Okay. We get a shot when he goes back. They have the doctor there that's like the the ejector doctor, right? He's like, look, like, you know, we were just talking about the red pill. I'm here because I'm only here in case shit broke bad. This is your real life. This is your real wife. You need to, you know, get out of here. So take the red pill. You'll wake up like you're having a little bit of an episode. Like, it'll be okay. So when he's at that apartment, in the background like of, of like that office or apartment or whatever, there's some Coca-Colas, and there's another drink there that's very iconic. Barks. So, so I've been wasting some time lately on the asshole of the internet, 4chan. Why? Honestly, I'm trying to get like the pulse of like what's going on, like what people are reacting oh, to. Boy. I, I like 4chan. Like, I don't think you should say that out loud because I think that is like very, I mean, like calling it the asshole of the internet is like kind of underselling what it is, but go on. It's bad. I enjoy just like getting the pulse of like what's going on from 4chan sometimes. I saw a post recently that was, hey, is like anybody else drinking anything tonight? I'm enjoying a great Bangs root beer. They had a picture of the Barks can on it, right? If you look at it, like the way the the script is written, if you weren't reading Roman characters, you could interpret that to read Bangs. I'm looking. I 
guess. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, <laughs> right. Give, not if you've ever written in if you never learned cursive. Maybe. Exactly. If you never learned cursive in English, it was just like a troll thread that called Barks bangs, and then everybody was like, "Wait, you don't drink bangs?" And then it's like a bunch of people were like, "It's Barks, you idiots." Why would there ever be a soda called Bangs? <laughs> That's the whole point. What is kind of cool about the soda, though, is that what? on Earth, there is Coca-Cola, but on Mars, there's only Pepsi. Oh, that's right. It was Pepsi. It wasn't... I don't know why, like, whether Coca-Cola just gets Earth and Pepsi gets Mars or whatever, but, like, there's a there's a clear delineation there for some reason. I don't, crash I commercialization, commenting on that or whatever. I don't know. That's really awesome, though. Yeah, Pepsi's like, look, Coke, you can have Earth, but we get Mars and Saturn. And they're like, okay, yeah. cool. We have a taxi car chase and shootout. And they go back to, like, actually, considering, you know, a couple, or last episode we talked about playing the Fast and Furious Crossroads game and talking yeah. about how, like, you just keep going back to the same house at the beginning. <laughs> it seems yes. like they keep going back to the last resort here. Just like, let's go to the last resort. And, like, even Johnny Cab is like, you guys are going in circles. Yep. But I like that there is a car chase there. We also have the car chase later with the other, or no, maybe it's not the Johnny Cab. This is the actual cab driver we learn later is a bad guy. Yep. But then he's also driving that, like, drilling vehicle, which I was like, that's a new one. This is not a fast movie, Ooh. but, like, when we were covering all the different kinds of vehicles. Yeah, we've never drilled holes in the Fastiverse, have we? Maybe in ice, possibly? Like, there's ice breakers and stuff like that. No, but, like, there, not... there, that was a submarine. There was an ice submarine. But, yeah, no, no, no holes, I don't think. And we have the tunnels in Mexico, so we should have a drilling machine. But, yeah, you're right. Yeah. We've never seen drilling equipment. And I did feel very kind of betrayed. Like, I knew it was coming, but I, cause I saw what? this like two years ago, whatever. But, like, when Benny, the taxi driver, goes, turns heel, I was like, it kind of got flashbacks of, like, Riley in Fast and Furious 6. Like, Gina Carano, like, oh, you're working for him? Like, I thought you were one of the good guys, right? But, like, no. Yeah, you're a mutant, and you have five kids to feed, four kids to feed. I didn't see that coming at all. Like, I did not expect it to be the taxi cab driver. So we've talked about how Arnold is kind of Letty. He's kind of Dom. He's also kind of, like, Hobbs in that he's just too strong for, like, mortal men. Where he, <laughs> yes. like, where just, like, how Hobbs flexes out of the cast. Here, Arnold, like, multiple times, just, like, I can't, I can't be contained or can't be bound oh, yeah. by your, like, earthly machines or whatever, your Martian machines. So he's just, like, busting out of things. Just like, yeah, like, how are you? How do you expect to stop him? I have no idea. It plays well, too, because Arnold... It, the thing that I like about this movie that kind of gets lost in the Fast and Furious a little bit is that when you bring in The Rock, and he's huge, and then Vin gets bigger to match The Rock, yep. you have two huge men and then you have idris elba who's also a, like a really ripped guy in this movie arnold's the only one that's massive right yeah. so he is the imposing figure and there's only one of them so you know that he has this ability when you start adding all of these other guys that are also ripped and jacked and huge it's like who's the most ripped jacked huge one and you kind of get lost in it yeah this is more of a normal movie where there's only one guy who like is defies all like exactly physical boundaries laws, right yeah yeah I think, I think that's all the fast connections I have. I have some more trivia, but is there anything else you caught here? Any comparisons to other, either other movies we've watched like this lap or the Fastiverse in general? The last thing I have to say is that there's a movie that I've referenced a million times in here. When he has the, the hologram watch and he goes in and he like sends the hologram in, we were watching it and I was like, oh, I knew exactly what was happening, right? Because like you, you see the hologram watch earlier and I'm like, this is going to be a thing later. Like he goes in, he gets shot and Rachel's like, what the hell just happened? And I was like, oh, come on, like, you didn't 
catch that this is what's happening. So he has a hologram watch, but it gave me really, really deep Enter the Dragon vibes. When Bruce Lee has the claw and they're in the room full of mirrors. Like, it's not a fast connection, but that's what I was thinking when I was watching that part. I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. And also we should do more Bruce Lee movies on this podcast. Well, I mean, we have maybe a lap that could theme it sort of possibly. Maybe possibly. Possibly. I will also say, like, I like how the movie turns that on its head and is basically like, they use the, the, the mirror th- or like the, the hologram twice, right? He uses it and then she uses it. And then, like, he laughs again the same way. And they're like, is this the real? And he's like, do you think this is the real me? It is. And he shoots him again. Like, it's a very cool reversal on the reversal. Or just like, I don't know whether to believe. At that point, you should just shoot it every time. Like, why are you not shooting? You know what I mean? But Exactly. Wasting bullets, saving ammo, maybe. Like, there was a point where, but you just shoot him, like, once. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. But there was a point where, like, they're being chased as they're escaping. I think they're maybe their first escaping, like, after, you know, they're running away. Like, they maybe the guys, like, when Michael Ironside and everybody converges on the last resort and they're running out the back and there's that guy who's like sh- like almost about to shoot them as they're climbing down the ladder and like he doesn't i'm like what like that seems weird like is he like turning and then like michael ironside shows up the guy's like no don't shoot you're gonna destroy the dome we're all gonna die it's like okay that makes sense but like it was a weird hesitation i felt where it's like why are you not trying to shoot them oh because if you shoot and you miss the glass you know we've seen multiple times here all the air like the vacuum happens and like everybody dies so no that was like super apparent to me i was thinking this the whole time whenever he shot and missed i was like oh fuck he's the only guy that realizes as a scientist when he shoots through the glass, he's going to blow the fucking side out again right. and, like, suck everybody out into the vacuum. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. For, for a second, I thought maybe he was turning good and, like, he was going to be, like, a double, you know, like, a double turn. Like, he was the heel that became good and was like, no, they're doing the right thing. But then yeah. I was like, oh, no, there's, like, all glass behind them. If he shoots through this, they're done. So some trivia. So the guys who wrote this or first worked on the screenplay, Ron Shuset and Dan O'Bannon, they started work on this in the 70s, but they realized it was going to be too expensive or difficult to make, so they put it aside start working on another movie about a space monster terrorizing a spaceship crew which would then become alien so like ah. they're like hey let's make this total recall movie uh doesn't because it's based on a philip k dick short story yes like one of the most prolific science fiction writers of all time yep so they were adapting it and they're like well we can't do this like let's just work on this other thing and the other thing just becomes like the most famous and probably most beloved like horror sci-fi genre mashup thing of all time right so like not a bad uh Plan B, kind of? No, they, definitely they not. back and did this. That's awesome. So Arnold was so impressed by how, by the dedication Sharon Stone had in training, that he referred to her as, quote, the female Terminator, and she was later inducted into the Stunt Woman Association as an honorary member. So we're talking earlier, we're talking last episode, I guess. Last episode about Michelle Rodriguez's upcoming documentary, Stunt Woman, and yeah. so, again, kind of related there. Like, she's not a stunt woman, she's an actor. Like, she did all these fight scenes. They're great by the way. Yeah, yeah. Like, she deserves commendation for that, for sure. So just like RoboCop, the original cut was given an X rating, uh, for mostly for just too much violence, and the scenes where they had to really dial it back were the uh, escalator shootout, which we talked about before, and then at the end, Benny's death, the cab driver, when he's in that, like, drilling, digging unit, and Arnold basically, his kill line is screw you as he's got like the drill yes. that goes through. Like so apparently good. he was like totally eviscerated and like deboweled and like you saw all that. Unlike Robocop, there's no director's cut for this. Like there's just, I think, one version that's out there. Yeah. So I guess that X-ray cut disappeared, but there was an even more violent version of this movie, as I'm sure you can imagine. I would like to have seen it. This was fun, but it definitely felt toned down compared to Robocop. So it's never mentioned in the movie. It was on the VHS. I, I said this before, I think, but the year, the movie takes place in the year 2084 and Verhoeven was like, I want something like kind of far in the future because he thought that Blade Runner 
which came out a couple years before. I think Blade Runner was, what, 82? It was set in 2019. He's like, that doesn't feel far enough away. Ah. Like, it feels too modern, too soon to show, to really actually be the world. Because, like, you know, we passed 2019 last year, and, like, we don't look like Blade Runner, right? So No, definitely not. And I think, you know, when Blade Runner 2049 comes out, I think it's, like, a continuation. Like, that's not what 2049 is going to look like, but it's what 2049 is going to look like if 2019 looked like it did, right? So Yeah, we're going to be like the original Blade Runner, and then Blade Runner 2049 is going to be the difference between the two that right. far ahead. Like, I don't know that we're going to terraform Mars by 2084, but it makes more sense to be like, no, let's just like kick this way down the road. Like, not like, it's not hundreds of years down the road, but like, you know, like a hundred years out, just, you know. It's fair. I like it a lot. So I don't know what we're going to watch next, but apparently Arnold hated the original trailer for this movie. He said it wasn't, it didn't convey the weirdness and it wasn't good. So he made the producers recut a trailer and it worked better. And also coupling with that, apparently... Like, three weeks before the movie came out, like, less than half of people polled knew about the movie. Like, they they, they didn't even know it existed, like, this new Arnold movie, whatever. Like, Arnold, by this point, had already been in Terminator. Like, he's already, like, a household name, right? And okay. nobody really knew. Like, 43% knew. So, like, he, again, like, basically lit a fire under marketers' asses or something. And by the time the film opened, three weeks later, apparently 99% of people polled new Total Recall was coming out. So, like, he apparently took this under his arm, under his wing, whatever, and was just like, no, this is a good movie. His lats. 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 Yeah. You need to, like, make sure that people know about this. It's a damn good movie. It's an an Arnold movie that I didn't expect to be so deep, right? So, like, Mm -hmm. yeah, good on him for, like, seeing the potential of this movie and being like, yeah, people should fucking watch this. It's great. There was a plan for a sequel to this movie that never happened, but eventually became Minority Report, which we covered over on Cruise Club. Ah. So it's also based on a Philip K. Dick story. I don't know exactly how that... I mean, they're both about kind of time-ish, Minority Report, you know, predicting and preventing future crimes. And it's not exactly this, but I can kind of see it adjacent, right? Like kind of weird brain stuff, sort of. Yeah. And Philip K. Dick was writing a ton of shit, dude. Like, a ton, so. Yep. And then one of the best lines in the movie we did not talk about, they're talk when he kills Sharon Stone, and he says, consider that a divorce. Apparently the original line was, consider this a divorce, but they thought that was too cold-blooded. So I don't know, what? I genuinely don't know what the difference between, like, that and this are, but, like, the original version was, consider this a divorce, but it changed because the writers thought it was, quote, a bit too cold-blooded. But, like, it's the same meaning. It's the same it's context. It's the same thing. It's the exact same thing. But that's all the trivia. There's more. I mean, I think there's not as much as there was for Robocop, but I, I culled this down a lot. But there's even more if you want to check it out. Of course, I get everything from IMDb's trivia. So there's even more about this. And there's, again, there's the, the reboot or the remake or whatever, 2012, which I have not seen. But Len Wiseman of the Underworld franchise directed this with, I guess, probably Colin Farrell in the Arnold role and Jessica Biel probably in the Molina role, I guess? I don't know who played the Sharon Stone role, though. Ugh. Oh, Kate Beckinsale, of course it is, because um, she was married to Len Wiseman, so that of course he's sense. caster. Yeah, okay. exactly. Oh, weird. So in a Breaking Bad connection, Cohagen played by Brian Cranston. Oh, really? The main, main bad guy, Brian Cranston. Yeah, man. Oh, that's a weird connection, because we just had Hank in this one. That's very strange. Okay, Let's See cool. if I recognize anybody else. I don't think that I do but yeah people uh not thrilled so t culture vulture who we did last episode the robocop he gave a two star said the first half isn't horrible and it's different enough from the original that it made you want to go back and watch arnold's version but then the second half is the most generic sci-fi action dog shit and it couldn't hold my interest at all so wow yeah not worth watching i mean just watch the original yeah why let's watch the trailer again i don't know if this is the trailer that arnold likes or the trailer that Arnold does not like. But if you search Total Recall trailer, this is from well, let's the see how Al Pacino. Weird it is. 
921. Total Recall trailer, 1990. A. Al Pacino, is that what you said? The Al Pacino. Like the actual Al Pacino or just a guy named... Oh, no, it's the Al Pacino 921. Okay, cool. Al, Al Pacino's not a YouTube, like, uploading movie trailer. <laughs> maybe he is. I thought that maybe he had, like, a social media team that might have been, but who knows. All right, three, two, one, play. Two okay. minutes and 40 seconds. Carl Loco. center of your life this is weird life it is everything you hear this must have been the one he liked everything you you think everything you hear everything you see everything you feel Ah, that's weird it is everything you are this is kind of weird this is a very slow build-up this is making it kind of look kubricky you're right 2001 ish Okay. Arrest that woman! <laughs> no, this is this is this is the one that Arnold likes for sure. Yeah, because if you're leading off with the like him coming out of the woman costume, like yeah, yeah probably. Cut. Get ready for a surprise. Yep, there you go. Explosion. We can't let him run around. He knows too much. They've got your bugs. Yeah, this is all right. All right. I feel like and the bugs in your skull. Okay. I don't know if this is that really tells you what it's about. I mean, it kind of does. Not really. It's just kind of a weird Don't thing. Oh, I was thinking, you know, in the era of COVID, that like people talking about how like the, the nasal swabs are like incredibly uncomfortable or painful or whatever. I was gonna like, ask you about this, yeah, because I took one. You didn't take one, right? No. Yeah. It's not. Apparently, they've gotten better though. Like I've I've heard people talk about them, and like the newer ones are like you don't have to go as far up the nose. There he is, Asax Schrader himself. Look who's talking. Yeah, but those ones don't—they're not as accurate. Well, yeah. Sharonstone. I feel like this spoils a lot. I don't think it does. It's too fast. I mean, you wouldn't remember that, like, Sharon Stone's, like, karate kicking Arnold. That's fair, yeah. And then it's not, like, deep into the movie. That's, like, probably four. But you didn't really recognize her. Like, it just happened very quickly. I don't think that my brain would have, like, been like, oh, Sharon Stone's attacking him. It would have been, like, blonde girls fighting him. Yeah, I don't know. That's for making me come to Mars. Oh, okay. Yeah, that that room. What's also weird about like these like kind of not I don't want to call them third-party YouTube accounts, but like consider that a divorce. Yeah, like I don't. This might be like a fan-made trailer because like when no. I searched like the because it had like the weird beginning and said like Schwarzenegger on it. Yeah, but they could have copied that part from. A... I don't know. We hope you enjoyed the ride. Thanks, Johnny Cap. That one's, that's probably the trailer that he recommissioned, for sure. Okay. I think so, because that one was rowdy. I guess if you're fighting an uphill battle, like, people need to know about the movie. Yeah. Pull all out. On Letterboxd, the most popular movie, the one we use for our threshold, Mad Max Fury Road has been seen by 613,000 people. Total Recall, 1990, directed by Paul Verhoeven, oh. starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, Rachel Tocotin, Sharon Stone, and Ronnie Cox, has been seen by how many people? 65,000. We need to go way higher. Really? 102,000. Still need to go higher. 125,000. 134,082. Wow. People love Verhoeven. People love Arnold. People love this movie. Yeah, that's so now, true. That's a out of those 134,000 people, average rating of 3.7, most common of 4, then a 3.5, then a 3, how many people have it in their top 4 of all time? Mm. Robocop, I think, was like 1,500 or something. Yeah, I'm going to say like... Oh, this is tough. 
3,200. Way lower. Way, 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 way lower. Really? You know, like, RoboCop is beloved. This movie is just, like, really liked. Uh, okay. Um, 650? Still need to go lower. 425. 273. So still a lot, but again, not at all what you were thinking. Yeah. Yeah, I thought this movie would be, like, up there. Like, this is, like, The Matrix. This is fucking Schwarzenegger, Verhoeven. Like, I thought we would get, like... Nope. So I found David Snyder on Letterboxd at at, at Empire or Jedi. Watch this year. Said, hold on. So you're telling me those breasts were fake? Five stars. <laughs> That's a really great review of that. I like that a lot. So now David Snyder, his top four, his number one favorite movie of all time, according to this, is Total Recall. But numbers two, three, and four, two and three are two of the biggest movies of all time. One of which I just referenced. The Matrix. No. Like, just referenced. Robocop. No, like, just referenced. Like, in his handle. Oh, Star Wars something. Uh, Empire Strikes Empire, Back. Yeah, okay, cool. Number three, so that's the number two. Number three is one of the most famous movies. Okay, here's a, here's a hint. Here's a little bit of history. It's often considered to be the first blockbuster. The first blockbuster? Mm-hmm. Jaws? Jaws, yep. Number three. Oh, do you see me grab that? Just out of the air? Oh, thank well, I you. That, I think that's kind of common knowledge. I wouldn't say that's like a... I'm proud of you, but I don't think thank it's you. a... It's not like a real Kobe. It's just like, oh, yeah, people... Like, Jaws basically invented the summer I said blockbuster. I grabbed it out of the air. And then number four is... Ooh, I don't know how to describe this. So it's by... It's a, it's a modern movie in the last, like, ten years. Okay. It's by... It's from a director whose many of his movies are very, very similar in style. Okay. But they're all beloved by people. Does not seem to fit at all... I mean, it's critically acclaimed, like the other three, but the other three are all kind of action movies. And this, while it has kind of like scenes of action adventure, I would say maybe, it's not at all an action movie. So it's not like a Tarantino movie. I'm not saying it's Tarantino. Kind of like how Tarantino's movies all feel and look like a Tarantino movie. This is a movie by a director whose movies all feel and look like exactly what he does. Okay, but recent. Yes. Mm -hmm. This movie came out like 2014, I want to say. And this guy had another movie that was due out this year that got postponed, I think, to the pandemic. I don't know when it's coming out. Either maybe later this year, more likely probably next year. He's probably made about eight or nine movies. Okay. Okay. Is it James Cameron? No. Who's the guy making Tenet? Christopher Nolan. Is it him? Nope. Um, This is one of Kyle and Brian's favorite directors. That doesn't help, but sure. I mean, if you listen to their podcast, you would know. I if don't. you did your homework. I don't listen to any podcast besides this one. Recent movie, director, all kind of the same vein. Auteur, yep. It stars Ray Fiennes. Who's Saoirse that? Ronan is in it. Jude Law is in it. I don't know. Lady Bird? Nope. I would imagine you've seen some of this guy's movies, and I would imagine you love these guys' movies, this guy's movies, but I don't know. I, I Also, if you said you'd never seen any of his movies, I wouldn't be... Surprised. Entirely surprised. I think I'm, I would bet, like, I would say 80% yes, you have, and you like this guy. But I also would be like, oh, yeah, I guess that makes sense that he would never seen any of these enemies. No, Sersha? What was mm-hmm. Sersha in recently? Besides it was Lady maybe Bird. her, like, breakthrough role, I think. Maybe. I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's definitive, but, like, she has, like, it was the first time she had, like, a really big role in a movie where it's like, oh, okay, I, I don't know who this lady is, but I like her. I don't know. What is it? Tell me. The Grand Budapest Hotel. Oh, Wes Anderson? Yeah. Yeah, and they all are the same. You're fucking right. Good. Sersha was in what was in Grand Budapest? Yeah, she's like the main guy's girlfriend. She's Zero's girlfriend. She's got like the I totally uh, don't remember face, it being Sersha. Like Mexico is like on her face, like a birthmark on her face or whatever. I think it's Mexico. Oh yeah, I Saoirse, totally dude. don't remember that being Sersha at all. 
I love Wes Anderson. I'm a huge Wes. Come on, I love Rushmore. That's what I thought, but like, I, I, I gave you all the clues, Mr. Police. I know, but you but you were like, I would be surprised if you haven't seen any of his movies. Like, come on, we watch Moonrise Kingdom together. I thought so, but I also could, I couldn't remember. Like, I was I was going to say that I thought we'd pick some film club, but like, I didn't remember definitively. It's the kind of person who's like, oh, I wouldn't, like, that's just not my thing. Like, I can see, you know what I mean? Not you, but like, just like, oh, they're all, yeah, people, they're too twee for me, so. I, I can agree that he, I'm sure that he has, uh, nobody's like, Wes Anderson, eh. Like, you're either like, I love Wes Anderson, or like, that's yeah. not for me. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So that's it. So the top four were wow. Total Recall, The Empire Strikes Back, Jaws, and The Grand Budapest Hotel. Thank you, yeah. David Snyder, for unknowingly playing along. Yeah, I know. Grand Budapest. Damn, I forgot Sersha was in that. Jesus. She's even the picture on Letterboxd. If you click, it's it's her and Zero. Not that, you know, she's like probably 10th built. Like everybody, it's all ensemble, right? So. Yeah, exactly. All right. So, Joe, next week, we've got two more movies, of course. We've got a return to the main franchise with Fast and Furious with Nico and Kevo. We are skipping, once again, skipping Tokyo Drift, hoping, hoping that we are able to preserve the surprise, preserve the spoiler, preserve the reveal. Fingers crossed. I don't think we're, I don't think it's going to happen. I think that they are too pop culture literate in a way. Not that Carol wasn't, but I think that they just like, they just like to read about things. Like they're just like, like what they're in, like what they're invested in. Like now they're invested in Fast and Furious. I just think that they would have picked up on it somewhere, I think. But yeah, I don't know. So we're saving that. We're skipping that. But Fast and Furious number four, as we've done the last couple of laps, we're doing that next time on Tuesday. Then on Friday, we had one that slotted in late in the game. This is the one I think, I don't remember if Adam recommended or someone, one of your friends recommended. We're doing Catherine Bigelow's Strange Days. Interesting. It was one of your friends who said that. I think it might it was have been probably Aiden, Aiden. I don't know. It was probably Aiden, because I was like talking about the movies that we're doing memory loss. Because Aiden yeah. always gets very excited. He sees that we are watching movies that he likes. I have not seen that one. I think it's the first movie to slap that I have not seen. I'm looking forward to it. I uh, I was telling you this morning, as, as I was paused in between in the movie, as I was picking up lunch, that I was like, while I love having like classic car movies as a theme and like just being yeah. able to, like watch all these classic things like same within the show like but it's all to a certain extent the same movie right like it's not always the same movie like there's some variations and like especially when we accidentally picked one that's not really a car movie or whatever yeah. right but like true for the most part like a lot of them are just like dude driving a cool car in like kind of action stuff right yeah but like here while we have mostly covered action movies so far the idea of memory loss and of amnesia and of all this could span so much in knowing what we have coming i don't know what strange days is about but i just feel like it's a it's a nice mix-up refresher whatever to be like oh we got a whole open play field open ball field open whatever new ball game there's so much space there's so much room for activities here is that a stepbrothers quote yes it was okay good job for catching it brother i'm proud thank of you. you thank you thank you thank you any other thoughts about total recall as we officially wrap up paul verhoeven week uh, we gotta we gotta figure out a way to do like basic instinct and showgirls i don't know what kind of lap that would be like i guess <sighs> basic instinct know. could be like sniff sniff skank slap i was there was a movie what was the movie i was trying to think <laughs> of a movie how do we work it in and i like had something like that was like that tenuous i was just like mm, i don't know if that could fit but like yeah maybe any other thoughts about total recall or robocop or verhoeven or anything i love michael douglas that was it i wish we could watch basic instinct like immediately i mean, you can i have i know i have i have i have and i no, go watch starship troopers i know it's great. It's a great movie. I know. I agree. I'm just saying. It's Sunday night. We're going to get a new fucking 90 day tonight, uh, like oh very soon. And I have to catch up on my 90 days. There's like one, there, there's there's a new episode of 90 day for every spinoff for like the next four days. For all things Too Fast, Too Forever, you go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash Too Fast, Too Forever, or at 
too fast too forever on twitter and instagram email us family at cageclub.me check out our patreon page join up pick us movies for both this lap and our next three laps sure. at too fast too forever.com get access to the quiz fast and furious minute document we are still like every time we talk about the minute in an episode we are detailing that minute in a document so you have access to all that for free not for free but no additional charge <laughs> uh at too fast too forever.com come back next week for fast and furious number four with nico and kevo yeah. and for strange days I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe too. And we'll see you next time right here on Too Fast, Too Forever. Peace out. You anus.